0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back everyone to another episode. And as you can see by today's title, I will be giving you my dearest, my dearest, (laughs) I like was like, my dearest, oh, my dearest, my dearest midpoint thoughts. And I am super excited about going through these midpoint thoughts because I think I have a lot more questions than anything, than actual form thoughts. Uh, so leaving this here maybe people can kind of start discussions with me and helping me kind of figure out some of these thoughts and questions that I have at this midpoint of my dearest and I'm going to be saying midpoint because I'm looking at this drama as its whole self and not part one part two kind of thing uh, since I believe part two is coming right around the the corner in October so we don't have to wait too long so I'm going to take this as like a midpoint and kind of just discussing what we have gathered and things that have went on in episodes one through 10 and then hopefully we'll get back to it in October and I'll have some final thoughts after it wraps up. So this is what this episode will be and I will start with a synopsis just in case people listening have not even started My Dears or don't have any clue what My Dearest is about. I'm going to give a quick synopsis provided by somewhere online and then I'm going to go into my midpoint thoughts. So this shouldn't be a super long episode because I, I, it should be super long because I've kind of given some brief thoughts about my dearest in my um, previous episode where I kind of caught you guys up with all the dramas that I'm watching currently. And so I wanted to, you know, I'm probably going to reference a lot of the stuff that I said about my dearest from that episode and this one, but I do have some, some new things that I've kind of come to a conclusion about after, of course, finishing all 10 episodes. So definitely some, some thoughts to be had, uh, thoughts to share, but before we get into those, here's a quick synopsis of my dearest, So set during a docent period where people went through severe hardship due to the Qing invasion, which was from January 3rd, 1637 to February 24th of 1637, a love story blooms during that time. Yi Jang Hyun, played by Nam Kung Min, is a mysterious man who suddenly appears in society circles. He appears to be a cheerful man, but in fact, he is not. He is a complex person with a deep and dark secret that he can't reveal to anyone. A woman named Yu Gil Che, played by An Eun Jin, appears in front of him and his life Changes. Yu Gil Che is the daughter of a noble family. She is a lovely woman, brimming with confidence, while experiencing the upheaval caused by the Qing invasion and falling in love with Yi Jeong Hyun. She grows as a person. So that is the quick synopsis that's provided on. I believe I got this from Asian Wiki, and it's not that bad of a synopsis. It kind of sets up the scene and the setting of this drama. Um, so we kind of got our our lead characters, our lead couple there. Now, as I go through my thoughts, I'm going to kind of go through how I was experiencing watching the episodes 1 through 10. I'm not going to break down each episode, obviously, but I am going to just kind of go through the way my my thoughts and attitudes change as I kind of went through. And I will say, and this is just repeating what I said in my kind of previous episode about when I mentioned my dearest, I did say then that but off the bat, the first two episodes, I was not um, falling over myself about this drama. Even the third episode, I still was just like, mm, I'm waiting for my in. I'm waiting for the point of this drama where I fall in love with it. Because I had already heard about you know everyone else who had started it before me, that people were really like, this is the one. This is this is the Seguk of the year right here. My dearest, you're going to love this. And so I was really you know, struggling with the fact that I was not falling in love with it after the first two episodes, um, let alone first three episodes. And I mentioned that it was, but there was a turning point for me in episode four where I finally saw, um, my in, the thing that I was going to be most interested in. And as I continue to talk about my thoughts and kind of like how (laughs) the episodes, how my thoughts change with, depending on the episode I was watching, um, You'll see how this is important, kind of like where I was and then where I, where I started and where I am ending up now at episode 10, the midpoint of this drama. I'm assuming that it's midpoint. I'm thinking that there's going to be another 10 episodes and with a total of 20 for us, I'm hoping that's the case. I feel like they have a lot of story to tell and I'm I'm hoping we get 10 episodes when it comes back in October. If they don't give us 10 episodes, I'm not going to know what to do with myself because they definitely have a lot of story I mean, if they go longer, I think it's 20 episodes, right, guys? I think it's 20 episodes. I think it's 10 and 10. So, or maybe it's eight. Maybe, I don't know. That's not important. Either way, I think they're, you know, this is me just talking about this kind of mid um, where I'm leaving with the midpoint. Um, so, let's get into some some more of my thoughts so the first thing I do have to say and it's again going back to the beginning of this drama I was talking as soon as I finished episode 10 and I was kind of chatting with one of my drama friends she knows who she is she's, she's probably listening to me now we did kind of have a discussion about the you know what some of our thoughts about it um, at the end of episode 10 And one of the things that I recognized was that I don't remember anything about episode one, not that I don't remember anything about episode one, but it was something about that beginning, that opening to my dearest. I was like, I don't think I caught everything I was supposed to catch when I started it. So I had to go back before recording this. I had to go back and actually watch the opening of episode one because I needed to understand how this drama really started and how it really set itself up to fully kind of grapple with some of my my feelings with the ending of episode 10. So I went back to episode one and I recognized that the opening, which starts in 20, like almost 20 years after our 1936 setting. 20 years later so this is a long time after that and it starts with that um this this time period we're meeting this inspector this role inspector guy who is being tasked with finding out the whereabouts of this Jong Hyun character so that is something that I knew in the beginning when I first watched the episode one but I I kind of was like Blurry with that. I was like, okay, so he was tasked with finding the whereabouts of this character or this person, Yi Jung Hyun, who is mentioned in these writings about the crown prince and this this person who was really near or close. To the crown prince, and how they basically believe that the crown prince was kind of led astray by this man. And so he was tasked to kind of find out where this man ended up. So, in this, this search and this, this you know, inspection and this journey of finding this Yi Jong Hyun character, he goes to, he visits this man who was supposedly someone really close to the crown prince during that time, a royal, royal subject of the crown prince during that time. And he is actually locked away in a kind of mental illness kind of situation, Joseon Dynasty style. And when he goes to visit this man, the, the doctor who's presiding over this kind of like hospital situation is telling him, you're not going to get anything out of him because all he says on repeat is that he's going to come, he'll come back for me. He's going to come back for me. And that's all he says. You're not you're not going to be able to have a conversation with him. But the man goes, of course, to to find this man locked into his little, you know, cell. And he inquires, like, "Hey, who is Yi jong Hyun?" Like he just straight up, kind of like, throws out that name. And the man, uh, we can't see his face. He's facing. He's his back is facing us. Um, and he immediately kind of bristles at the sound of this name. And the, the inspector notices this immediately and he's like, you're not mad. You're not, you know, you're not ill. You you understand everything that I'm saying to you. And again, the man is kind of like, you know, he's he's showing some disgruntledness um, to this, this conversation, this mention of this name. And the inspector kind of probes a little bit more and the man just kind of jolts up. He stands up again. His back is to us the entire time. He walks towards this kind of window kind of opening that he has in this cell. And he just kind of looks up at it. And that is kind of this opening that I wanted to go back over because I wasn't sure what really all that was, who that person is, what were we talking about when we were mentioning the name Yi Jung Hyun? Like, what was the context? I had to go back for that. And what I did gather from just that context of like, there was a mention of whereabouts of this man, as in this man may or may not still be alive. There was no mention of, you know, this death of this man. But in the lettering about you know, that mentions Jung Hyun, it does say that they wanted to make sure this man never saw the light of day again, basically. So in my mind, I thought, I think in the moment, I thought that may have been him in the cell. When I first watched episode one, so when I went back, I kind of figured that was t- that was two different things, right? I was like, that's not the same person, you know. This man must be someone who obviously is connected to our jo- Jung Hyun character. And as my K drama friend pointed out to me, she immediately was like, "Oh, so you know, that's his, you know, the 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 singer who always was by his side." Um, that again, if we are watching episodes one through ten that must be him and I, I and that immediately clicked for me like yeah that would make total sense this person is somebody who's really really close to Hyun, and someone who would um, at the sound of his name be immediately kind of you know frazzled in a way and also believe deep down that this man is going to come back for me um, he is like the only man close to Hyung who would absolutely um kind of think of that. The only thing that threw me off with the oh, going back to the opening and listening to you know, paying attention to it a little bit deeper, was that they mentioned, well the doctor who's presiding over this kind of like institution he says that the people locked away in these little, you know, cells these little, you know, mental hospital situation he says these are people who, the like royal families you know, people um who come from noble families these are people that are close and connected to noble ones so they they don't want to throw them on the streets but they also can't take care of them so that's why they're here so only certain caliber of people are locked away in this mental institution is what i gathered so then it would make me think would he be of such a caliber to be taken care of in this in this capacity. And I and I don't know. We don't know because again, this is twenty years after our kind of um you know, twenty years later. So we don't have all the information just yet. But I, I just, you know, wanted to point that out. So the point of me mentioning the opening and how I had to go back and rewatch some things was that there were moments in this drama for me where I did get a little lost. Um, where certain elements to what was going on with the overarching plot, which is this invasion, this Qing invasion that I'm just kind of like, you know, not completely privy to have, you know, seen and heard of it in other spaces when it came to K-dramas before. But I wasn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not completely, uh, you know, versed in the history of it. So it was taking me a little bit of time, I think, to really um kind of connect the pieces in certain episodes and I don't know if that was just me <laughs> and not following and not paying attention or if it was there were moments where I feel like they kind of brushed over some things or things kind of just like you know switched to the next scene and we didn't really follow through with what was really taking place and that is just you know again could be me but I did think there were some moments where it could have been a little bit clearer and again for the sake of like ooh mystery and we haven't revealed that yet it it gets confusing so i sometimes don't like when dramas do that where it's like you're trying to you're trying to withhold information on purpose because that's a part of the like we'll get back to that kind of thing and instead of you you know me caring about you getting back to it, I'm just lost and confused and it takes away from my experience of watching it. So just something I wanted to bring up. And if I'm talking about this drama in a way that sounds like I'm kind of confused, that's where that's coming from. Um, (laughs) But, you know bear with me. So either way, let me go back into just kind of start of this drama. So the other thing that happens in episode one, again, is that we go back 20 years before in this 1936 time period. And we have the setup of the, one of the classic storytelling tropes of a stranger rides into town. And I thought it was fun to kind of mention this, this storytelling trope, because I don't feel like I will, re- I really mention that very often. It's like, Oh, highlight this is happening this trope is present in this story so if you're not familiar with that trope it is just as it says the story is basically starting with this this kind of tension that revolves around a town and all these other folks in it just kind of living their day-to-day lives and they all know each other and this just being themselves and then one day someone who's not from this town just appears and with their appearance it completely um kind of shakes and rattles the towns but the thing that's likely that mostly happens in these stranger comes into town scenarios is that the town is portrayed in one way where the, the town's people are usually portrayed to be um i don't want to say like like ditzy or anything or like silly but they're kind of like they're in a bubble. They're in their own kind of bubble. They they, they have like these kind of like, you know, weird, funny ways about themselves. And it just kind of, you know, they're in their own space. They kind of operate within their own thing. And so obviously when a stranger comes into town, that stranger really feels strange. As in like, you're not like the rest of us. Um, however, there usually is at least one person in this town who is not like the rest of the townspeople where everyone else kind of blends in and they kind of fit in. They're kind of like, oh, doing the same thing. There's usually one odd one out where people call them out for being different or weird or they kind of make fun of them or they're like oh we don't talk about her you know we don't talk about them it's always like that is also another part of this stranger comes into town um, storytelling trope because once the stranger comes into town it is that stranger and that other kind of weirdo in the town who ends up making the connection and it could be romantic it could be whatever but they are the ones that see each other from across the way um, and they kind of like you know agree that we're different and we're not like the rest of these folks and so we should be forming some kind of team or alliance or romantic relationship um, in this situation so in our setup of my dearest our stranger who rides into town is obviously E. Jung-hyun, and he literally rides on a horse into town. Um, and then we also have Gil-che, Yu Gil-che, who is a little odd one out of the out of the group, out of the bunch um, in this town. Because she, the minute we meet her, is I know the synopsis described her as a lovely woman brimming with confidence, but like she is confident and she is cocky and she is self-centered. Um, she is self fish at times she is about herself and always about herself and she you know everyone recognizes that about her the rest of the women in the town are kind of like oh here she goes again she thinks every man is in love with her la da 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 which they technically are she, can, she seems to be pulling them um, except for the one man she actually wants he does not want her but either way that is, she is our weirdo. So the minute in this first episode, um, the minute he comes into town, you know, there's rumors circulating about him. Everyone's like, he's so weird. I can't believe he's this type of person. They, they have all these stories about him. And she's taking these stories in like, yeah, who is this guy? And while she's also in that same, you know, setting doing these things that everyone else is kind of eyeing her about. <laughs> But they do have a moment where she's doing one of the things that she does. She's being um, a little obnoxious, trying to grab attention. She's an attention getter. She wants to get the, the attention of the guy that she really, really likes. And she's on this, this swing and she's swinging beautifully. And Jang kun after hearing um, this rumor about her as being like, oh, she has 99 tails. You know, she's, uh, she's a wild one he he's like hmm who is this one that everyone's talking about what is this the, who who could she possibly be I've seen all these women in this around the country I know I've seen the, all the, the most beautiful women there there are um and they're a little vapid you know I'm not I never could get anything more from them than their beauty um so let me you know I have a very high standards let me see what this woman is all about and as he's approaching to kind of find out who this woman is who's swinging on this swing, he immediately stops in his tracks and it's like love at first sight for him. He says, and this is also in the very, very beginning of the episode when they kind of go the flashback route um, they he says that in that moment he hears the sound of flowers, um, the sound of flowers blooming in spring. And it, it's just like, really? like. I mean, he walked up on her, swinging on the swing, and he was just like, you know, floored by her. Now, I'm bringing up this moment of him talking about the flowers blooming because there's another element to the, the opening of episode one, opening of this drama, where after we see... Um, this inquiry about who this Yi Hyun character is from this role inspector. We also get to see this flashback um situation of Zhang Hyun um who is on a beach with um bloodied and with a sword, you know, a, a sword that's dripping with blood all over it, and he's standing at the, the crest of this this, you know, the waves, and behind him are um, you know, it's like an army of people waiting to attack him. And the funny thing about the people that are waiting to attack him—they—they they all have swords. They seem to be people ready to fight, yet they seem so afraid to approach uh, to approach Jang Hyun um, as he stands uh, with his bloody sword. And in that moment of him standing at the, you know, at his waves and staring up at the sky, he mentions in this moment do you hear that? You know, that's, you know, do you hear the sound of the flowers? So he says that in that moment and then turns around and, you know, we can assume he walks off to start to, um, basically face this army of people. And then it kind of fades and it goes back to, you know, 20 years before. Um, and, and I, I brought that up because he says that again, when he first sees, um, you know, our our lead um, protagonist, our female protagonist. And that was like, okay, so that's her connection where it appears that this woman is his everything, okay? From the moment it seems like he's facing his death, he's talking about these flowers blooming, the sound of the flowers blooming. And then this moment when he first saw her, this is when he says, that was the first time we've ever experienced that, this rare moment of hearing the sound of flowers. And it's even funny because um his kind of one of his right-hand men who men who are always, you know, who's always with him, he even says in that moment, like, what? You flowers don't make a sound? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> flowers don't don't make don't have a sound. And I just thought that was really funny because it's like that's how far gone he is. It's like I can't think of you know like you know fireworks when you know when they first the first love at first sight kind of descriptors he's like I heard the sound of flowers blooming like I couldn't I don't even know what that is but I've heard it and um so it just is supposed to be this really grand expression of the way he views this woman and then the other thing that I noticed about in this first episode that, again, once I went back to this first episode, these are things I picked up for the first time. I mean, this, yeah, first time, even though it wasn't my first time watching it. I also picked up in that same moment where she's swinging on the swing and he's having this kind of love at first sight moment and slow down, you know, slow motion. She has a voiceover during this period. And in her voiceover, we hear our um, Gilche character saying, she's specifically saying that he She's like, as if she is, she's talking to him directly. She's saying, I... Remember when you, 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 you you wanted me to know, wanted to know what was I thinking when I was swinging on that swing that first, you know, that first time we met you, you asked me this and you, you inquired about that. She's talking to him as if she is to me writing a letter. And again, this isn't something that I picked up when I was watching it the first time around, but it made more sense to me after watching episode 10. So, that's why I paid more attention to it when I heard it this time. And it's it's throughout the all first, you know, of the 10 episodes. There are moments throughout this kind of mid this first half of the drama where there seem to be communications via a letter. It doesn't just sound like a voiceover, you know, of her talking to herself and and remembering and reminiscing on a time. It sounds very directive, like she is talking to the person that she is explaining this to. And I also thought that made sense to me because of the title, My Dearest. It almost felt as if these were love letters in, in a way where it's like she's talking To her dearest, my dearest, you know, you would say that in a letter during a time, you know, certain time period. So I, I almost felt that that was really important to point out that there seems to be this kind of love lettering of this first half of the story. And again, this only seemed to be important to me this second time around because at the end of episode ten, we know that she when they part ways she sends him away with the letter and in that letter it sounds to me very similar to the way you hear these kind of voiceovers throughout the first half of this drama where it's like her just you know speaking directly to him he also has moments like this where it sounds like he's writing a letter like he's reading a letter that he is right he's writing to her and so I noticed that again when I was like, episode 10, I was like, so maybe this is a way that their relationship may continue. Um, and we're going to get to that and why I brought that up in, in a second. But I just thought I would bring that up because I noticed it and the first first episode and it to me connected to episode 10 and it made sense for a lot of other points through the episodes um where like I said there are these voiceovers that seem like they're love letters um being read aloud or being read to someone and I thought are written to someone Um, so yeah that was one of the first things but the other thing I want to say about me in the first couple episodes is that I was not originally connecting with it now, like I said, going back after finishing episode 10, you know, I'm picking up different things and I'm appreciating different things. But there was something in the beginning where I was just like, I'm not connecting with this. And what I initially blamed it on was our, um, our lead female protagonist, Gilche. I was not. I was not very happy with her character in the beginning because like I described her with all these kind of like, she was selfish, self-centered. She was cocky more than confident to me. um, And she was kind of like all over the place because she was in love with this man who was in love with her best friend. And it was like, let him go. Um, So I, I just, I was not initially her biggest fan and the reason why I say it was episode four that made things turn around for me was because in episode four, it is the moment where that starts the war. This is when we start to see the war, um, the invasion taking place, and how her being thrown into this 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 war time experience completely starts to show this kind of side of her character that I thoroughly appreciated, unlike the beginning when I was not appreciating her character. Those same elements that I did not think very highly of in the opening episodes, I ended up seeing them stay and play out in this wartime um, episodes, and I loved that about her. Those were the same traits about her character that I thought were amazing um, and was doing the best and the most and the good way. In the this invasion that her and her family was experiencing, and I loved it, and I, I, you know, I think it was to me a beautiful setup for a character where she initially seems to be, you know, like wah wah wah. Here she is going around trying to get men to to love her, you know, chasing behind this one man, rolling her eyes at the the John Hyun character, all the while. Those are the same. Those same moments and traits about her, I'm gonna appreciate later on. You're right, and I thought it was was wise, and I thought it was interesting, and I thought it was it was refreshing. Honestly, but I appreciated it a lot more when I saw it play out when she was standing up for her friends and she was making sure they were safe and she was doing anything and everything she could to to protect them. And if that meant, you know. Let, throwing other people off the boat—that's what it meant, and I was not mad at her. I was not mad at her, and so I just really appreciated her character so much more as they showed her in this kind of invasion experience that they, the you know, the country was going through. The only thing that was jarring to me was that as soon as I was getting into it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so interesting. This is so cool. Watching her figure out how to survive and fight through this and protect her, you know, her friends and her family. Like I was really into that the invasion ends the war ends like it doesn't last very long and again like i said this is historical you know this is you know tied to an actual historical happening in korean history and so it really was only from january 3rd to february 24th so it was like this was a very short time frame of this this kind of wartime experience and so even in the drama they obviously showcased that so i didn't know that and i was just like what it's over. I was getting into her character, dealing with all this and, and, you know, MacGyvering through all this. I was really getting into it. And then it was over. And I was like nervous because that was my end. That was the thing that I was looking the most, I was most excited about once it started to play out. And so the minute that it kind of wrapped up, they were like, okay, invasion is over. Um, I was like, okay, so where is that going to leave her character now? And how am I going to, what am I going to get from her now that she's through this? And surprisingly, it did not... Uh, let me down actually, because what we saw after obviously any kind of wartime experience is the aftermath, the building again of after experience something so traumatic as, as a war. And so we get to see her character again, trying to do whatever she can by any means to make sure hers and and her family, her and her family is good. Like that's all she cares about is like I gotta make sure everyone's set. And so in. And being that way, she starts to make moves and make decisions that they do not want her to associate with because she's of a noble class or like you shouldn't be seen doing those things don't do that you know her servant um girl who's always next to her is like please 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 let me go in your seat and she's like no I'm gonna do this for us and make sure we can get food and we eat you know like they are they're poor they've lost everything so she's climbing making sure that they can climb their way back up and I loved it I loved that about her character I love watching that that was That was what I needed. That's what I needed for her. And she was amazing. Again, she has not changed as far as like the way that she actually is. Her, the personality traits that she has, those are still there. They're just being kind of used um, in a different way. And I really, really loved that. And I really, really appreciated that. Now, the thing that I'm not mentioning during this experience of me and enjoying her character is the romance that is, um, Lee Han and Gil Chae. And that's because I want to talk about this all on its own, kind of outside of our, you know, the happenings um, of the war and all that, because this is something that I struggle with, which is weird because like, why would I struggle with a romance? And a uh, say, like, I don't do that. I don't struggle with that. I have never had a problem with that. That's the best part. Um, but in this drama in particular I have struggled with the romance that is supposed to be um, Yu Gil Che and E Jang Hyun like I said the minute he sees her the he is love at first sight for him and for her it is not she is at the moment that she meets him chasing after the, the love of her best friend <laughs> um, his character is Nam yun Jun played by the actor Yi Hak Ju she is in love with him she wants him she's just doing everything she possibly can to gather his attention she's like why why can't why not me she is obviously aware that he has feelings for her best friend but she's just like no there's got to be an end for me she does not take no for an answer which is to me one of those negative traits you see about her but again you can see how taking no for an answer can also then be a positive to some degree so you know that's that's an example of like things about her that I was like uh but then later on you see how it actually plays out like that you know tenacity you know her not giving up that that plays out when you're in a wartime experience um so i was i was just like you know he Loves at first love at first sight. He's obviously older than her. She's younger. She's a little bit more in, immature, and she has these dreams. She has this very vivid dream about this man that she knows is her dearest is her husband to be she cannot see his face she doesn't know what he really looks like but she is for certain that it is the um, Nam Hyun Jun character she's like I know I know he likes my best friend I get it I understand but in my dream these vivid dreams where I, I meet my dearest it is him I know it's him I can't see his face but I just know it's him and I always thought that was interesting that tied into this character in her and her kind of like, you know, in her very confident ways, she is still someone who relies on a dream, right? To, to I guess, inspire or encourage her to, to make decisions about the person that she wants to be with. Like, she honestly is following these dreams as in like, I see this man in my dream. He is my husband. I know he is. And she thinks this man is Nam Young Jun, And... It's so fascinating to me that a character like her, but it also is a part of not her immaturity, but like the, what she, like this, not, I don't wanna say like fairy tale land that she lives in, but a little bit. It's almost like she does live in this kind of little fairy tale li- land. So the minute she goes through this wartime experience and she gets to, like, you know, I gotta pull myself up by my bootstraps, you know, that kind of mentality, you do see how she starts to rely less and less on that kind of like you know fairy tale situation that is this this my dearest in my dreams but saying all of that the the romance the the romance that is supposed to be between these two i have i'm struggled i'm i've struggled with it and it was to me this this notion that she was not in love with him she was not in love with him he wanted her, he wanted her to see him in some kind of light he wanted her to give him a chance he wanted her to give him a try he wanted her to turn away from this this other man, to turn towards him and she just was like I don't, I'm sorry dude I really don't like you like that that's how it felt for me, most of the drama and so much so like they had this very kind of combative relationship where they would they would have interactions where they were going back and forth, button heads, you know, they were toe for toe and it was not like cute kind of toe for toe. It was like, I'm, I'm annoyed with you, like leave me alone and then he would disappear on her, you know, like it was, it was not at any point where I felt she was comp- at any point in love with him, right? So then when he goes off And he is involved in a lot of this, you know, he goes off for the wartime experience. He goes on because he gets, you know, shipped off with the crown prince. You know, he keeps leaving her, it seems. Um, But even in the moments where they, they part from one another, there is not a sweet time. There's not a sweet moment for them. It's almost like they're still fighting each other the whole way through he's got something bad no he got something to say towards her and how she's you know still hanging on to that man and then she has something to say to him about you won't take you know me see you you would never take a relationship serious you would never marry you said you would never marry so why would you even even proposition that you want to be with me like you know so they're just like always going back and forth like they can never just like have a conversation that is like moving their relationship forward. I feel like every time they have a, a converse like a conversation, it always turns into a fight and it moves them 10 steps backwards. And it's so annoying and it was not fresh it was frustrating and it was not um a a romance or relationship that I was encouraging, unfortunately because of that. I did not enjoy their bickering. I did not enjoy their fighting. I did not enjoy they're they're tick for tack I did not enjoy any of that and so while I know this is what this drama is supposed to be about this romance between these two I'm not feeling the romance right so that's why I think there was this element from the very beginning where I was like, I, I need the real draw because for me, it's not the romance. It's just not me. It's not for me right now. And so I was looking for other elements of this drama, like this, this kind of plot of this war and this this invasion, the, the character Gil Che and her growth, um, even Jung Hun and his mystery and what was this kind of path that he is coming from and what is he really trying to gain here in this, in this present moment? Like, what is he really trying to gain besides her? You know, what else is his story? And so I, I was looking to all of, all of this other elements to this drama and actually really enjoying that, really, really enjoying that separate from their romance. Like I really was. And then you get to a point in these 10 episodes where, um, they, I mean, like I said, they, are together and then i mean they they are in the same space together and then all of a sudden they get separated for some reason as in he's this and he's that and then the last time they kind of get this this big separation before episode 10 of course is when he gets pulled off to to be with um a crown prince and in that time, you know, he really makes his declaration. He's like, I want to be with you. Like he really, he he declares his love for her. And she still, it's like, I can't say yes to you because I'm still hanging on to this man who's marrying my best friend. You know, like she still could not. And even when I think she felt the way that, you know, she started to have actual feelings for him, she still was allowing her kind of, you know, some of those personality traits of hers, a stubbornness, to kind of keep her um, her wall up and not really let herself give in to any of those feelings. She was still fighting him, and he obviously takes this as like actual rejection, and he's absolutely hurt. And the minute he turns away from her, she then still starts to feel the hurt and pain, and she's like, "Oh, you know." You can see the regret on her, but it, at the same time, it was like it wasn't enough her feelings for him wasn't enough for her to actually fight through that, right? So I still am like, okay, she's still not feeling him like that. So when he goes off and things happen, he gets in prison and then, you know, a rumor starts about him being killed. um, And she hears this, she completely breaks down. She's wailing to the skies about, please come back. You know, she's heartbroken when she finds out that he is dead i mean he's not dead but she finds out that he is dead and so to see that and see how she was so distraught over this man's death i i was like well well how convenient now you now you love him you know now you're in love with him now that he's dead and i was really annoyed i was really didn't know it I was not of this mind of like oh my gosh this is amazing this is this is the moment where oh my her heart is broken he's I did not feel what I wanted to feel in that moment when she was declaring like this pain and this loss and this hurt and this grief and this mourning after knowing that he was dead because I wasn't connecting it to a romance now one of the things I did appreciate though after she starts to live her life with this kind of thought that this man that I guess she loved had died. There is this element to again her doing every she everything she can. She's growing. She's 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 supporting her family. She's building her family's wealth back up. You know, she's she's growing. And I'm loving that. But there is this other element to her and her kind of connection to John Hyun that I start to appreciate. And it's this mentorship almost, like this guidance and this kind of belief in her that she still is holding on to that's pushing her to do all that she's doing for her family um, during this time. And I absolutely started to appreciate that aspect to their relationship that throughout the the drama these first two episodes, I mean, the 10 episodes, he was always in her corner. You know, he was always Like, I think there's a point where she remembers him saying to her, you know, I would trust you and battle over any of these scholars. You know, like I would I know you would do better and do right by me than anybody else here. And I love that because I think she internalized that. I think she honestly that was, like I said, her confidence in herself, the cockiness in herself. I think it fed that very well. But in this different space where she was like, I am confident, so much confident in myself and my abilities to like show up when I got to show up, I'm going to show up, you know? And I think she internalized that and it helped fuel that aspect of her. And that was from him, I think. And I started to really appreciate that about their relationship was that, and I think there were also times in previous episodes before he went off and quote-unquote died on her where he said things like um you know you you know you need to grow up Some like he would basically call her out I'm like you need to grow up so I do feel like there was this kind of age thing that they were trying to get at where he was older than her and she was a lot younger and throughout this wartime experience her family losing everything her her dad you know you know, unfortunately being unwell and all of this stuff that she was having to deal with was growing her and growing her. And he wasn't there to see any of this, right? He has been away and he's not seeing all that she's doing and how she's growing. And I, and I started to just really value that. I was like, okay, I don't really buy into their, their grand romance right now. But what I do really buy into is this, this connection that they had that, Formed to be to be this kind of catalyst for her to to make sure um she did what she needed to do when it when it came down to it right and I and I think he helped supported that when he was in her life and I think she learned a lot from him and I so I like this kind of mentorship kind of um Relationship that they actually had formed before he went off and quote unquote died for her. I'm died, you know, died. Um, He didn't die. So that's why I keep saying quote unquote. But I I really started to appreciate that um, about their relationship. And so again, not completely sold or buying into the romance, but I was starting to see where I could approach their relationship and then see maybe me appreciate their romance down the line now continuing on with this this notion of her growing them being separated him you know doing what he was doing over there which again a lot of my confusion comes in when it's on his character and his kind of story side of the story of like what is his what's his mo like what is his real what is he really getting at what does he really want what is he trying to gain that is still such a blurry, blurry, blurry mess for me. And I'm hoping I get some clarity, obviously, in part two. But um, but yeah, so going back to them being separated and her growing and her doing all this and, and me really appreciating her character, uh, she obviously gets into the situation where someone else has, you know, she has caught someone else's eye and he and her have been working together and he wants her he wants to marry her and initially she immediately rejects this this proposition she's like absolutely not and he calls it out like are you still holding on to that man are you still holding on to this one that you have in your heart and she is aware that she is she's like yeah i think i am but what switches for her obviously is that this man continues to present himself to her as like a real viable option as someone who genuinely loves her and will take care of her and her family because he's really good with her father um so he, he you know he is really you know putting himself out there to be like i i'm here i will do what you need me to do but i think the thing that broke her obviously was that she sees um or she you know she finds she runs into, I don't know how you would say this, she runs after jung um, jung or is it Young Youngum? She runs into this character who is played by Kim Yoon-woo and he is the singer that um, is really close to Jung-hyun and he's in his kind of camp and he always travels with Jung-hyun, wherever Jung-hyun is, he is usually there and before Jung Hyun gets the kind of the opportunity to come back um, he sends him ahead of him he's like go ahead set everything up and I'll be there soon and while you're there actually go visit Gilche and let her know that I'm on my way so she can be ready for me he even says that to him and the the thing about the young mm, character is that he's obviously in love with Jung Hyun. <laughs> he is So in love with him. I mean, it is beyond, I mean, it's beyond this is my brother for life. No, like you're in love with him. It's so obvious. And he's obviously very protective of him. So much so that he believes Gil Che is just like, no, absolutely not. You cannot have her. Um, And in, in feeling that way, he not only does not tell her that he is on his way, he confirms to her about his death. And of course, Gil che, hearing this, it starts to let her kind of really settle her heart and to think, okay, this man is really gone. I have to move on with my life. So she returns to her marriage proposition with this man telling her, hey, I understand that this man is still in your heart. You can't let him go. I get that. I'm willing to take all of that with you. And that's all she really needed to hear to finally say yes to his, his marriage proposal. So when, of course, how wonderful and timely, as soon as she's ready to be wedded, Koo returns into town, Jonghyun Yes. And the same night that she's literally, you know, this is like the engagement parties are ensuing. Everyone's like, all right, the engagement's here. The marriage is about to take place. He is showing up that exact same night. And it's like a whirlwind after that for as far as like the what comes next for their relationship, as in he's basically begging her, you know, I want you to be with me. please, 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 like, give me a shot. You've never gave me a shot. And even this is when I, again, confirmation to my feelings of their their romance and their actual feeling, you know, the, the, the actual love between these two. This confirmation for him of like, it feels to him that everyone, she, you know, every other person, she gave a chance but him. And I felt for him in that. I mean, it's not true, but I can see from his perspective, he's like, I've been asking Time and time again for you to choose me and you refuse to choose me. And then I'm away. I come back and all of a sudden, you're about to be married to some some other dude, like some dude I never even heard of. And it was, it was, it was, I understood his perspective. I understood his perspective. But then, of course, that makes her defensive. And she's like, How dare you? You were dead. What would you, what did you want me to do? And he's, of course, knowing that she thought that he does obviously give give her some grace there um, but this turns into a very to me a very emotional scene where he has to then confront Jung who is his ride or die and he has to confront him like the minute he shows up on him you know pulls up on him <laughs> Rongyang he knows he's like oh man he knows what I did so he com- it, he immediately confesses like I told her that you were dead and I know I shouldn't have but why her she's just gonna hurt you like don't choose her like not it could be anybody else but her you know and he's like on his knees like saying I'm sorry but please no and Junghyun has to face like this actual um betrayal He's like, how can you say you're for me and you don't see how I feel about this woman? And I felt for him again. I was like, he's right. Like, I understand that you're in love with him and you did that out of spite and jealousy, but that's your ride or die. Like, you want him to to be happy. Yes, you think you're protecting him, but at the same time, like, if this is what he wants, you should support that. And so, I mean, I just... Those last couple episodes, leading you know, throughout episode nine and ten, like I was really feeling for jong Hyun. I I don't know. I really felt for him. I did. I don't know. I did. I did. I did. I did. Um, and so it just you know there was a lot there that I just didn't know was going to to really ring at my heart when it came to his character and his experiences with. This, this love that he has for this woman who he believes just won't give him a chance. So when he approaches her in episode 10 with the run away with me proposal like please just run away with me like leave this all behind and just let, let's just live our lives together just you and me. And when she follows him initially and then at the last minute decides no I can't do this and returns back home wow, when I tell you that hurt me, (laughs) that hurt me because again, and and she again, like I said, writes this letter to him to send him off with and in that letter she explicitly says like I realized like my love for you is not enough for me to, to leave all my, you know, to leave all this behind my family and those that I'm taking care of like I realized that and I appreciated her for saying that because I believe that like that's what I feel been feeling the entire first half of this drama is that she does not love him as much as he loves her and it's obvious and it showed and for me I was having a hard time really rooting for them because of that I really believe that that was like her love for him was on a very I think, I don't want to say superficial level, but I do feel like there, again, was this connection of this person wrote for me. This was somebody who was in my corner. He supported me. I've learned so much from him. I think there was love for him. But I was having a hard time really seeing the love, being the in love with him. And for me, I respected her for, for turning around. I, I know that sounds like, again, everybody's probably like, heartbroken that they're not together. <laughs> but I actually thought it was was truthful. I thought it was honest to the character. And what I believe her character had been setting up this entire time was that she had love for him. I don't know if she was in love with him yet. Yet. So now let me go back to the letters. Remember when I was saying, like, I mentioned, I noticed the letter writing? I, I think that was important to me because if this separation that they have going into you know the end of episode 10 where it looks like it's been two years has passed Um, you know and obviously she should be married at this point he's still doing what he's doing again don't really know Uh, still don't know what John Young is doing Um, that there could be a kind of not long distance relationship but I feel like there could be these letters that start to to go between the two of them that makes me see their love develop and I would love that I think that would be helpful for me because again I I'm I'm still having a hard time believing she was ever in love with him and I need to see her falling in love with him I think um to really really root for their, their romance their relationship in this drama which I know I may be the I may be the only person that feels this way and if I'm not please let me know but I would understand if I was, I would be. But I also love that I think about this drama at the same time, that there's supposed to be this like grand romance that is like, oh my gosh, look at this love. And yet, is it really love, you know? (laughs) Or is it just like, you want to claim something, you know, you just have this, this obsession. Or, you know, is it really that? and that's what I'm really loving I'm really loving that I'm actually as much as it seems like that should be a problem I'm actually appreciating the fact that I'm fighting and wrestling with their romance not being actual romance yet I'm, I'm liking this now saying all that saying all that I have to end with this at the midpoint up in episode 10 they flash forward like I said Two years after their parting. Um, and who, who do they have at the end? Who do they have at the end of episode 10 that they knew if there was going to be anybody to contest their relationship, for me at least, watching this drama, it would be the arrival of the E Chung A oh my goodness playing this mysterious bounty hunter who he has ran into in the past he you know two years prior he had ran into her um, kind of on a bounty hunting excursion himself and then this is two years later and he runs into her again he doesn't realize she is a her the first time he meets her and he doesn't even realize that when he meets her the second time until he kind of knocks her off of her horse and he kind of you know climbs on top of her to like you know kind of yeah, I don't know, show that he's defeated her. I don't know what, what that climbing on top of her was about. Um, but then he recognizes like, wait a second, this may not be a man. And sure enough, it is Ichunga. And so if they're trying to set up in part two, some kind of other romance or other kind of romantic option for him, and it's played by Ichunga, I don't know if I'm going to ever root for mm-hmm. <laughs> Gil Che and Jung <laughs> I don't know if I ever root for them because you cannot give me Ah and Nam Kung Min in the same drama and not expect for me to like want them to be together forever and always. Like, come on, you can't do that. Especially after a One Dollar Lawyer last year where they had a very tragic love story. Oh, no. I want them together. <laughs> I want them together in this new new drama. Like, I have to have them now. So I really, they messed up by bringing her in to play a second kind of like, you know, romantic interest for him. They messed up because she's the only actress that could have came into this and had me question everything. She's the only one. <sighs> so I really got to see what their plans are with Gil Che and Hyun now especially that she's supposed to be married Chase supposed to be married and um they're introducing this this new woman into his life like they they, I don't know what their plans are so questions that I have and I wonder if you guys have like what, what what is the state of the what is the state of the country two years after this invasion very interested to see what that is um what is Jung Hun's past? Like, what is his history? What really did he experience? I know they have like this, they show this moment of him as a young boy crying, um, you know, calling out for his father, I believe, and that's it. They don't give us anything else. So, and they know there's he has this kind of background where he has run into young Ng-un who has also they both know the you know the barbarian language, you know. So, I, I'm just I need to know what his backstory is. Like, what is his actual history? Where is he coming from? And then also, what does he want? What does he want to gain? What is he really looking for? What is his plans with being beside the Crown Prince and his despise and you know his disdainment for the royal family and palace and like all of that like what what does he want? What does he really want to accomplish with his life? um obviously, what's gonna happen with Gil Che and Dong Hyun? Will they? start up another romantic relationship? Will there be another connection or will they continue this distance um, and kind of just like her living this other life and him living this new life? I don't know. I I really want to see what they're going to do and how can they bring them back together is my next question. What could be the thing that would bring them back together when you have her already married? Obviously, they could kill off her husband and you know they like to do that with like mysterious illnesses so that could be and she's like widowed and then she ends up you know being like i'm gonna find him again and she goes out on her own to search for him maybe um or like i said they start up a a kind of like you know reconnection and it's like through letters or something and then we kind of see their love blossom in that way I don't know I'm interested to see how they're going to bring them back together that is going to be fascinating to me and if we can just find out what his real goal is what is he really trying to accomplish and obviously 20 years later where is he where are his whereabouts is he with Gilche um did he end up dying um, when he, you know, was on the beach with those those men ready to attack him, and who is the man in the in the prison who is waiting for him? Is it Jung waiting for him? Who is it? Um, I need to know. I need to know. So yes, this is it, guys. This is it. This is my midpoint thoughts on my dears. I thought this was gonna be a lot quicker than. I- <laughs> but I really got to thinking as I was going through these, these, these moments watching this, this first 10 episodes. So I really got to thinking. So I'm really, I really want to know, I really want to know what else is there? What else, what could they do? How can they do this? What is the plan? And am I the only one who's not completely watching for their romance? Is there someone else out there who's like, I don't I don't care if they get back together or not. I'm I'm enjoying this re- of the story regardless. Or am I alone in that? I wanna know. I wanna know. But yeah, so that's it guys. That that is it. I am so glad I got to kind of give you my midpoint thoughts on this. I was not I promise you, I did not mean for them for this episode to be this long, but I really had some things to think about. So um let me know all of your midpoint thoughts at this kind of part at the end of part one. What are you most excited about for part two? What are you most annoyed about? Um, waiting for in part two. Like, let me know. And are you also kind of excited about the um Chunga cameo at the end there? Because I am. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding okay but that's it that's all for this episode thank you so much for listening and whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening I hope you have a great day so everyone it's been real Lola's off